Welcome to episode 32 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. 32 or 31? 32, because it says 31, but we're going to put another one in between. Ah, baby. Sneaky. So, welcome to episode 32 of the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, joined by Eric Calvino. Happy 601, y'all. And Ivan Ocampo. Good day, everyone. It is <laughs> 601 day. So congratulations to Eric Espinosa on the anniversary of his... Hey, made a return. Look at that. Congratulations to Eric Espinosa on the anniversary of his losing his virginity. In celebration, we are smoking something special from the Cigar Snob Vault. But first, a word from our episode sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars, celebrating 130 years in tobacco, unveils its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. The Villiger La Vencedora is the follow-up cigar to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Enclan and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. This Nicaraguan puro, wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano puro wrapper, boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villiger La Vencedora, which translates to the victor, emits a billowing aromatic smoke throughout the smoking experience. The Villiger La Vencedora, a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Okay, as we mentioned, today is 601 day. We're recording this on June 1st. And so to mark 601 day, we are smoking, oh, there it is. We are smoking 601 La Bomba Warhead 2. This is a cigar uh, that we dug deep into the humidor uh, to, to pull. It was released July 2014. Only 20,000 cigars total were made. Uh, and this is from Eric Espinosa's La Zona factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. It features a Connecticut broadleaf Maduro with, uh, wrapper with uh, binder and filler from Nicaragua. Uh, this was made in just one size. It is the uh, Robusto Grande, a five and a half by 56. So when we pulled this out of the cello, um, it's nice and yellowy brown. A lot of a lot has come off of this warhead. Yeah, it's been four years since yeah. there, man. So. Uh, uh, I think we all remember this being a, a bit of an ass kicker, uh, aptly no, named. No, hence yeah, La Bomba. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no doubt about it. Everything in the in the La Bomba uh, line was was meant to be, you know, an ass kicker, and, and this definitely was. Absolutely. So, what are your thoughts so far on the cigar? I think we we all started. We're farther into it than we normally are at this point. Yep. Uh, so, what are your thoughts so far? Now we're all like half. Well, an we inch had or so. we had some like fits and starts, right? Right. Uh, right one right. of the members of the podcast kept pausing so we, we, as a result we are farther along than uh than normal but yeah i think uh i get a lot more chocolate than i did before it's like uh tons of chocolate where before it was maybe more peppery uh but i get chocolate and earth yeah uh it, it, they're they're dominating right now but uh very enjoyable yeah the peppers have definitely subsided uh it's nice. Much to your liking. Yeah, I, d- I do like it. Yeah. I've always liked all of 601's products. Uh, this is uh, as aged nicely. Yeah. Yeah, and it's definitely heavy on that on that chocolatey characteristic, which it would not have been way back when. I mean, it had that, but it had a lot of that. Yeah, it had a lot of other things going on. And so, and I think, you know, th- this can be, you can l- look at this as like, uh, you know, kind of like a rule of thumb when it comes to aging cigars, right? If you start with something really strong, uh you have a very good chance of of getting something extremely enjoyable a couple years down the line. So this right. is a perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, especially if it's extremely strong, but also balanced. Cause yeah, that, yeah, that strength will yeah. fade. Sometimes you get those extremely strong, like pepper bombs, and that's all they're bringing to the table. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Here, you know, all that other stuff is kind of you know given a little room. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to start with a good cigar, right? You can't. You can't just be a, a strong shitty cigar right. and then hope that it it gets better that that's not always going to happen or rarely going to happen yeah yeah so 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 far so good we're we're fans of this congrats uh to eric again uh this is also his uh his wedding anniversary the anniversary of the first time he went to nicaragua so a lot of things to that were a lot of 
occasions we're marking with this one cigar. I hope all of that didn't happen the same day. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Married, lost my virginity, went In to Nicaragua. Nicaragua. <laughs> um, I could see it happening. But listen, I, I, it's, it's Shorty, right? Anything. Uh, possible. He, he is the alpha dog. There you go. An alpha dog does what an alpha dog does. Um, speaking of alpha dogs, one alpha dog had his day ruined by somebody from his pack. This is a sloppy transition. <laughs> yes. But uh, we are recording this the day after game one of the NBA Finals when LeBron James uh, secured his spot in every highlight reel, not with a dunk or a pass or a three-pointer, but with flailing, frustrated arms in the direction of J.R. Smith, who uh, had a now very famous blunder at the end of regulation. Uh, you guys saw the game? Yes. Yep. Or your general impressions of that and the rest of what happened? Cause I, there was, was a lot I was beyond impressed by LeBron. I mean, I thought, Yeah. I thought, I mean, obviously, right? As I've been saying before, he, he carried the team he and he did 50. so. Yeah, he dropped 51 on him. He was amazing. He really was. Uh, and to lose on such a shitty <laughs> play by JR. And we, we talked a little be- before we came on air. I think they got jobbed on yeah, the, on and the they charge. Got, yeah, sure. yeah because, I didn't think so. Because he put up 50 points, but then he made that great defensive play to get in front and seemingly get the right call initially. Yep. But then they went to the video replay and they, they, re- they reversed the call, which I had no idea you can do. Which they never do. Yeah, that's the and, that's and the part did. that is a little a little strange, right? They never reverse these these things. It's the call is made and the call is made. It's a foul. It's a foul. Yeah, it's not a foul. It's not a foul. Right. And so, but in this case, in the NBA Finals, they decide to go and overturn this. That was very strange and questionable. Uh, so I, I didn't like that, but I thought I still thought the game could have been won. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I thought that what they changed the call to was the right call, but obviously it's it's one of those interpretation things, and, and it becomes an issue of like, was he moving? Why was he moving? Was he moving to set himself, or was it just so? But in any case, super impressive LeBron James performance, um, and pouting and, at the end, and what? And pouting at the end. Impressive pouting. Yeah. Uh, the the part that was that was uh, not impressive was. When he walks out of the press conference, yeah, and it, it almost looks like he picks up a purse, and then but he's wearing like dark sunglasses, so he can't really see well. So he ends up like having to tilt his head back. Oh, which, I didn't catch that. Which makes it look it 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 was weird. It looked it looked kind of feminine, like a like an effeminate move that he made, holding a purse, tilting his head back. It was really just so he could see, but it ends up looking very strange. So I, I was like, "What? What are you? What are you doing there, Chief? <laughs> why the purse? The man yeah. purse? And why the dark sunglasses and a very, you know, walking through a dark hallway? It's, it was uh, it was weird." Yeah. So if if you haven't caught this, this is uh, the press conferences after the game. Uh, naturally, everybody asked all the reporters. Every every player was asked about this J.R. Smith situation, and uh, there was he, a lot of laughing. Yeah, and he basically storms off. Uh, Storms may be strong, but he he definitely like just abruptly gets up and leaves when he's asked by the same guy for like the third time. Yeah, you know whether he uh, knows whether J.R. Smith was aware of the score and what was his frame of mind or whatever. Uh, gets frustrated and leaves. Everybody else was asked about it. Um, uh, I thought the Warriors players were gracious enough, right? Like they they were, but the reporters themselves were laughing, were laughing about it. Was, yeah, uh... yeah. Like, even Durant was like, you know, yeah, I do dumb stuff. You know, it was a really bad time to do a dumb thing. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, and there were other things in the game that were that were also fun to see. Did you catch uh, Draymond Green's little shimmy? The dance, at, yeah. At James? Yeah, the, the, but, it, but it, it wasn't a graceful dance either. No, I couldn't tell <laughs> what so that was. Funky, yeah, like, what was he doing? At first, you couldn't tell. If he was having a seizure or right. if he was trying to dance, so that was that was odd, but uh, but still fun, entertaining. That's all we can ask for, right? Yeah. If you, if you're a person who's on Twitter, I like being on Twitter, especially Oof. in the fourth quarters of games. Twitter people, was great, and the, it was instant Draymond Green GIF. Yeah, that was all over the place. So uh, make sure that you that you look for Draymond Green's little dance. Um, what are we looking for in game two? Uh, and you know, on the one hand, it's pretty impressive that in an away game james they, came that they close stolen it 
right? They could have stolen the, yeah. uh, an away game. Yeah. On the other hand, you know, uh, they didn't. Yep. And now you have a really well-coached, uh, stacked Cavs, uh, Warriors team ready to make adjustments. And up against a team where not as much of the team is capable of adjusting that quickly. Well, so the thing that, that was noticeable was uh, in overtime, you, I mean, it was the, the Cavs were deflated. And you could tell they were in a little bit of, a, of disarray. And so does so. what I'll be looking for is, does that continue? Uh, are they still deflated here in game two? Or do they come out like, hey, listen, we could have taken one. Let's take this one. Yeah. Right? So that'll be interesting. Uh, that's, that's what I'll be looking for. Yeah. Uh, Curry defends uh, LeBron. Doesn't I, yeah, that seem weird? Well, they were, switching, uh, they were switching constantly. Right? And then the, the switches end the always ended up. With, with Curry with on LeBron, Curry on LeBron which, which I like thought was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Disadvantage. Yeah. Which I think uh, uh, aided in the 51, right? He was able to just yeah. dominate on that on that end of the floor. Yeah. On the other hand, Curry and Thompson and some others, I mean, you expected from Green, but there was some some top flight trash talk. Uh, oh, yeah. And a ball in the face. Yeah. Tristan and the Thompson. Ball in the face. Uh, which also doesn't bode well, right? I mean, between... Tristan Thompson's frustration, which has to affect the rest of the team. When you start putting balls in people's faces, it just creates this air. Where are you of going like, with this, Nick? Well, <laughs> right. Uh, here we are again with the balls. Um, but, yeah, between that and then the morale kicking the balls that J.R. Smith's situation has to be, at least for him. I mean, how do you come into game two not a little embarrassed? Yeah. So, so yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. See all that, and and I definitely think also, you know, the fact that these teams have met so many times just heightens all that emotional layer a little bit. So cool to watch. A show. Cool to watch. Um, so by the way, did you smoke anything while? Or, or you know, like I, I watched, yeah. I watched the first half in in my backyard. So, so yeah, I was uh, I was enjoying a little after the uh, the event that I went to. I came out of the event with some. Some pretty good smokes. Do I yeah. talk about that now or later? Later. All right. Okay. Uh, you did go to a Top Golf recently, though. I did. I did. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, my my family has completely taken to this Top Golf phenomenon. I don't know if it's a phenomenon, but it's a place. I call it a phenomenon, <laughs> right? I don't know how long they've been around, but it feels like it's gotten very popular very fast. Yeah. Well, for my family, it's been beautiful. Like I've, I've gotten my kids to to really get into golf, where before. Like Ivan says, you know, going to the the range at Palmetto is just not that fun for kids, or for and, anybody, or for anybody, moment. right? Yeah, the heat and it's like, yeah. It, can we, can we explain what Top Golf is for people who don't know? So it's a it, it's a multi level basic at at its most basic level, it is a multi level driving range, bowling alley. Yeah, which but mimics a bowling alley in in the way that you play the game. So the uh, the range has uh, holes large holes that targets that you aim at you know that you're moving that over there uh <clears throat> it has large targets that you aim at and they're associated with different points so you play games uh based on where you where you're hitting to and and whatnot and it makes it a lot of fun and there's food and there's drink and and uh and there's music music so yeah it's, it makes yeah, it's a it damn it good fun. time i think i think top golf is probably doing for golf the same thing that tiger did where it made it f- like it's put it in the limelight, you know, where people are talking about it, even though you're not into golf and yep. people are actually talking. I have people come up to me on the street. Hey, we went to Top Golf. They want to put Instagram posts of being there and looking cool. I mean, I think it's a great thing for the game as a whole. Absolutely. But like you said the other day, it's it's not like playing golf, you know, but it's like being at the range with uh, with an extra kicker. So, yeah, I enjoy that aspect of it. Yeah. How's it scored? So it's all on. It's like if you were bowling, it, it honestly yeah. is. Or like uh, ski ball. Yeah, well, so every when uh, when the machine dispenses the ball for you, that that ball has been, uh, I guess, RFID'd with your unique identifier. So wherever it lands, you know, the scoring system knows what to give you. Okay. So every time you dispense a ball, it's got your ID on it. So that and and that automatically reflects the score, right? Cool. So uh, so we can do a cigar snob outing. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's no cigar smoking in Top Golf, but what I can do. <laughs> it is a big what I can do. Um 
So you were at the one in Indianapolis. So yeah, we we've gone to the to the one here in Miami in uh, Miami Gardens. We've gone a couple times, and then while we were in Indy 500 uh, last weekend, we went with uh, with our buddy Steve Ross, and uh, he had never been. So it, it actually the Top Golf is in the neighborhood that he grew up in, which was really okay. interesting for him. But uh, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was cool, a great time. Is there a significant difference between one Top Golf and another? No, other than the fact that people in Indianapolis are a lot nicer <laughs> than so people in Miami, that. but that was about it. I've been to the Vegas one. The Vegas, the Vegas one's different. Yeah. Vegas one's got a pool. They yeah. got girls. No, this, this they got waitresses in bikinis. It's different. And yeah. you're on the it's strip. Vegas. It's yeah. Vegas. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. All right. So um, now you know Top Golf. If you've been to a Top Golf, let us know. Or if you go to one, let us know what your experience was like. Maybe sneak a cigar in there and take a picture of it or something. Uh, you can get to us at feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. In the meantime, a word from our sponsor, El Galán Cigars. El Galán Cigars makes the El Galán Reserva Especial, which comes in four box-pressed sizes, the 5x52 Airosos, the 5 and 3 quarters by 54 Apuestos, the 6x52 Gallardos, the uh, which is a torpedo, by the way, the 6x60 Obesos. All of these are 100% Nicaraguan tobacco with Jalapa Oscuro wrappers. They are available in stores nationwide. You can find them online at elgalancigars.com. That's E-L-G-A-L-A-N cigars.com. Also search for El Galang Cigars on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They're at El Galang Cigars. Say it a few more times, El Galang Cigars, El Galang Cigars. You're yeah. talking about El Galang Cigars? I am talking about El Galang Cigars. Mm-mm, love them El Galang Cigars. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Here's hoping they don't steal that tagline and not pay you. Um, yeah, so El Galang Cigars. Uh, anything else we want to say about El Galang Cigars? I think you got it okay. this time. So, uh, switching from El Galang Cigars to other people's cigars, the news from Cigar Town. General Cigar announced the launch of Diesel Whiskey Row, the product of a partnership with Rabbit Hole Bourbon. The cigars, which feature a bourbon barrel-aged Mexican binder, are blended and manufactured by A.J. Fernandez in Esteli. According to General Diesel Whiskey Row, features a three-region blend of Nicaraguan tobaccos from Ometepe, Condega, and Jalapa, each aged five to eight years. The tobacco, along with the Mexican binder, is covered in an Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Uh, so that launches this month, June. It's available in four sizes, the 55 by 52 Robusto, 6 by 54 Toro, 7 by 49 Churchill, 6 by 60 Gigante, and they range in price from $7.49 to $8.99. High clear, uh, oh, sorry, if you want more information, go to dieselcigar.com. High clear Castle. Do you pronounce yep. High Clear or High Clear? Maybe High Clear. I think it's High Clear. It's called High Clear. High Clear Castle Cigar Company mm. has partnered. What? What happened? What's it's just as American as you can say. Hi, Claire. Yeah. Hi, Claire. Castle. You you want to give us your British High Clear? Hi, Claire. I, I believe it's Scottish. <laughs> but, uh, but hey. Uh, is it Scottish? I, I thought so. I, yeah. I think the castle is supposed to be where they. The, the or home English. Of, yeah. That's well, what he said. I thought you said Irish earlier. Or he, the accent he did was Irish. Oh, boy. All what right. Shit We're very confused here. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's it's some kind of British. It's one of those British countries. Um, so Highclere Castle Cigar Company has partnered. Yeah, Newberry, UK. Yeah, it's British. I guess they're British. Yep, yep. All right. Highclere's Castle Cigar Company has partnered with Nicholas Melillo of Foundation Cigar to craft its cigars in Esteli. The cigars feature a Connecticut Shade wrapper, a Brazilian Matafina wrapper, and fillers from Nicaragua, including an exclusive hybrid seed the company calls Nicadang. The resulting smoke is exceptionally smooth and elegant with notes of pepper, citrus, leather, and fireplace, says uh, High Claire's release. I like notes of fireplace. Um, I'm actually, I, is this the first time that you've seen fireplace? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm going to be trying this and... 
looking for fireplace. Uh, but I'm excited about that. It's uh, one of my relaxed sounds to go to bed. <laughs> yes. It's, a, it's I second think, on your playlist after the after salty salty massage. Cheeto. I think of high clear cigars when I go to bed. Um, but in any case, I mean, it is being made by by uh, Nick Melillo. I wonder whether this is at uh, uh, Aganorsa. Um, the, it mentions uh, in the blend that it's all Corojo and Criollo, which would be consistent with, you know, if you were making it there. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll we'll look into that. Stay tuned. For more information on the next episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast, but Nick Melillo is involved, which uh, um, definitely bodes well for for the blending here. Um, High Clare Castle, by the way, is the home of award-winning television drama series Downton Abbey. The estate's tradition has always been to retire to the library for cigars and whiskey, and according to the release, Lord Carnarvon, I could be saying that right. Yeah, because you spelled it different in two spots there. Somebody else spelled it different. I would live with it. The current 8th Earl of Carnarvon, I don't know, is the owner of Highclere Castle and the farmer of the 5,000-acre estate. He is an active partner in the endeavor. So I just mentioned that quote in there. It's kind of interesting that they have a, you know, a, a British farmer who it's, – it's not often that you have somebody uh, outsource you know, the, the process of, of making a cigar, but who themselves is in, involved in agriculture of some kind. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, for sure. I, that's something that uh, you know. I think we will look into or ask about more, especially the next time we talk to Nick. So uh, stay tuned for more on that too. All right, and that is the news from Cigar Town. The clunky news update that was from Cigar Town. Was pretty damn clunky. You're welcome. Speaking of AJ, we mentioned him in the uh, in that first news update. Eric, you were just at an AJ Fernandez dinner here in Miami. How'd that go? Tell us all about it. Oh, that, w- that was awesome. It was uh, it was at Sabor Havana Cigars in Doral. And uh, and so AJ was in attendance, and we smoked, uh, among other things, we smoked the uh, Ramon Iones by AJ Fernandez, which is an excellent cigar, by the way. Uh, so and, uh, and it was catered by Ruth Chris Steakhouse, which is pretty awesome. And, uh, and then there were... Uh, there were cocktails and, and spirits by uh, uh, several different manufacturers, and we, and with the dinner we drank uh, Dwayne Wade uh, Dwayne Wade wine, nice. which I I'd, I'd never had, and was uh, I was impressed by it. We had the the twenty fourteen California three by Wade, and uh, it's a blend, but very nice with the steak. So, uh, in terms of of uh, how the actual dinner was, obviously Ruth Chris steaks. Dwayne Wade wine and uh, AJ Fernandez cigars is freaking awesome. Nice. Uh, George Aquiles, I think my invitation was lost in the mail. Just thought <laughs> I'd let you know. Uh, I'm gonna have to double check the address you have on file for me. <laughs> George and Aquiles, for those of you that don't know, are the owners of Sabor Havana Cigars in Doral. Uh, great store in Miami. If 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 you land in Miami and you have to go to one store, that that uh, that's the one to go to. Yeah. So, so did did you mention was there a particular AJ cigar that Ramon Ayonas? Ramon Ayonas, right, right. Yeah. So the Ramon Ayonas by AJ was the the featured cigar, which is the newest uh, of AJ's products. It's going to be interesting because I think that this Nicaraguan uh, un- uh, civil unrest has yeah. caused problems in the shipping of a lot of different cigars, but the timing of it really messes up this particular cigar. Because they were launching it in in a handful of stores, they launched it, I think, in, in New York, and then uh, Sabor Havana, Cava Cigars, and uh, Neptune here in Miami. But then the the rest of the stores in the country won't get it for a, for a little while until this stuff clears up in Nicaragua. So uh, that's a shame because it is an excellent cigar. Uh, I can't wait for you guys to try it. So when when you were talking to people at the dinner, was there any interesting uh, insight or feedback on? The, um, on that issue of all the stuff that's going down in Italy, and in Italy specifically, but across the country. So and I know that we have that farther down, but as long as we're as long as we're talking about it, we might as well bring it. Okay, up. all right. So yeah, uh, quite interesting, right? I, I spoke to several different because it wasn't just AJ there. There was uh, there were other cigar manufacturers who have operations in Nicaragua, and so I did speak to several of them, and. And yeah, there's uh, there's quite a bit of contingency plans uh, going on as we speak. Uh, stuff I I can't really share. Uh, however, yeah, there's uh, there's moves there's moves being made as we speak by several different manufacturers, and there's talk of many more. Uh, so everyone's talking about it over there. 
the the situation in Nicaragua has gotten uh, just yesterday. I think they had the most violent day uh, since since the beginning of the protest. So this hasn't this hasn't gone away. It doesn't look like it's going away. It's it's uh, anytime soon, I should say. So it's it's scary for the cigar business. Yeah. And these these uh, these people need to uh, ensure that we're going to be able to continue to buy their cigars uh, long term. So they are making moves uh, to ensure that. Uh, so yeah, there was there was quite a bit going on, right? And one of the interesting little tidbits that I got was no one seemed to be thinking of. Honduras as the contingency plan, which I thought was incredibly interesting, right? I mean, it's right up the road. You could easily move uh, your raw material and your operation up the road to Honduras. But the sense that I got was that MS-13 has such a... And for those of you that don't know, MS-13 is a a very violent gang... Mm -hmm. Uh, that is throughout Central America, but not in Nicaragua. Right. And so a lot of these guys didn't want to move their operation to MS-13 territory. Right. You're just adding another risk. First, you got FDA like, issues. Yeah. Now you have Nicaraguan unrest. And now why why do you want to deal with That's MS-13? It. Exactly. <laughs> so the, obviously the big loser here is Nicaragua, right? Sure. And, and potentially us and if there's a shortage of the cigars that we love. But, uh, but then the second loser was Honduras. Right. Instead of getting all of this business uh, coming into their country, they, I mean, I didn't hear anyone telling me that they want to move there. So, so the Dominican Republic was uh, was kind of the move. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, from multiple sources, uh, <laughs> Dominican Republic was the move, and uh, and so I thought that was incredibly interesting. Yeah. Right. That that you would you'd go that way, right? Labor's a little higher in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, it is as stable as uh, as a Caribbean country gets. So I think they were, they're all sort of looking for that stability in their contingency plan. Right. Right. Obviously, right. the the best thing would be to be able to just stay in Nicaragua. Of course. But uh, but yeah, very very interesting stuff. Uh, we're gonna see, we're gonna see some moves being made here in the in the short term. Yeah. In ter- uh, in terms of uh, you know, the ideal political outcome. Because all these people, I mean, that's that's where it all hinges, right? I mean, the, the impact that it has on their businesses and what choices they have to make hinge on what happens in the political side of Nicaragua. So the protesters, by and large, are calling for Ortega to resign. Yep. Do Do you hear anything about at least the people you've spoken to? How sympathetic are they to to that cause, to that uh, to that objective? Uh, as a potential outcome, or do you hear from them? You know, like, I would rather that it go this or that other direction. No, I, I didn't. I didn't get a straight answer on that. Uh, yeah. It was more about I don't know. It was more like I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I'm I'm going to make sure that I can continue to do the only thing that I know how to do, which is make cigars. So there was there was that sort of uh, which is very different from back in the day. And, and and by the way, it may have to do with who I was speaking to. But back in the day, you know, gentlemen like Jose Orlando Padron mm-hmm. uh, and the Placencias and the Olivas, and they would all they would all get involved in these uh, political process in Nicaragua when things were going down. Uh, I I didn't get that sense uh, yeah. from from every not just yesterday from from every, everyone else I've spoken to. Uh, I didn't get that sense that there was a a way for them to talk. Right now, I haven't spoken recently to. Dr. Alejandro Martinez Cuenca mm-hmm. from Hoya de Nicaragua, who does have some uh, more visibility and, and access. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't spoken to him recently. And who's Nicaraguan, so he may feel more invested in that question. Correct, correct. But uh, but yeah, it was it was interesting for me that everyone was was thinking I'm moving my operation at least temporarily to the DR. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that I asked uh, a couple of these guys was uh, – if you're making cigars in the Dominican Republic, will they be Dominican cigars or will they continue to be the exact same cigars that you make? And, and overwhelmingly, it was no. It will be a Nicaraguan cigar, but it will be made, you know, in a in a uh, in the Dominican Republic for now. Right. So anyway, th- those moves are 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 in the works uh, by several different companies. Uh, I 
again, it'll just be very interesting to see what happens and, and publicly what can be said and what can't be said. So, yeah. There's a lot going on, man, and, and, it's, it's, sh- and it's not pretty. And it's a shame for these people in Esteli who have, you know, over the course of the last couple of decades, their, yeah, their, their whole, uh, you get the sense that their outlook has been very different from the rest of the countries because they're sort of insulated in this, everything revolves around cigars bubble, and, you know, it, it's not like there's a ton of, there's plenty of poverty in Esteli, but in terms of trajectory and how things have changed, uh, you know, things are looking up. Yeah, and uh, so what I did get a lot of uh, as well from these guys was, you know, how badly they feel for their for their people, right? Their employees. Uh, in the case, for example, in the case of AJ, he has a, a hospital on site. He has a little school uh, for the a child, uh, a daycare for for the kids of the rollers and and things like that. And he just he feels, you know, he he felt terrible for 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 the workers that they yeah. they don't have that ability to get there. I mean, I, I don't know if people are really watching what's happening there, but uh, streets are being barricaded with bricks. I mean, it, it's crazy right now in Nicaragua, right? right? These these uh, homemade mortars, they're using these all over the place. And so it's not safe to even just go to work right now. Yeah. And from my understanding, a lot of the people that work in these factories don't even live in Esteli. In so a lot they, of cases, they don't. So they right? have to commute in. They switches. have to come in through the Pan-American Highway, which is being blocked. So yeah, it's it's a disaster, man. It's a it's a very sad situation, uh, and to have one of the most violent days. I mean, just yesterday, I think fifteen protesters were killed. Yeah. So this is just yesterday. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's sad that that it seems to be escalating instead of uh, instead of just winding down. Right. Right. Uh, even the Catholic Church has called off all negotiations. Uh, they were mediating between the protesters and the and the government, mm-hmm. and and with all of this violence, they've uh, they've said no. Uh, we're not even. We're at it. We're yes. out of here. Nothing we're not. To, we're not involved about here. Yeah. So, not pretty. Not pretty. What's happening in Nicaragua? Uh, but we pray that that uh, that things get better very soon, man. Absolutely. So uh, there's no easy way to transition out of that topic. So we'll just jump into another one on the last couple of episodes. Um, of the podcast, you heard us uh, go through our, uh, maybe not recommendations, but just sort of, you know, our favorite cheap wines and uh, uh, hors d'oeuvre spreads when we have people over to, uh, when we're entertaining. A little something different this time. We thought we would uh, talk about YouTube tutorials. So uh, increasingly, and this has been the case for a long time, people use YouTube as sort of a search engine. Um, And there's just all kinds of information there. Aside from cat videos and uh, music and whatnot, there is a lot of, uh, of how-to material. So uh, three questions. What are some things that you've done using YouTube content uh, as a guide? Is there something you would like to do that you anticipate you'll use YouTube as a guide for? And if you were to make a tutorial, what would yours be? So let's start with that first question. Is there something that you've done recently that you remember uh, using YouTube as uh, tutorials as a guide for? I constantly use it. Uh, it helps me. Yeah, trem- the stories of Ivan using it to fix cars. And- yeah, no, home improvement for sure. Uh, but as a lot of you know, I play I play golf. And I think YouTube specifically has helped me improve my golf game more than... Probably anything that I can, any, especially any like training aid or DVD series or book uh, that I've ever bought. So you're saying short of like a, of an instructor. I've actually had even better instruction on YouTube than I had with, with instructors. I'm a different, I'm a different scenario because I, I kind of know what I'm, what I'm doing. So I kind of know. Kind of a big deal. (laughs) But I. I understand what I'm doing wrong. So it's very easy for me to search specifically for uh, either uh, whatever exercises or or technical like fixes for specific things that I'm doing wrong. So I go, I search for the specific item that I'm looking for, and then I get a bunch of recommendations from YouTube because they know what I'm what I'm looking for and then the most hit ones and and I start looking at these, and I'll do either drills or I'll start practicing whatever they are. So it's helped me out tremendously. 
Yeah. Have you found uh, that there's a, maybe there's like a particular person whose videos you watch more? Does it make are some of the people that you found most useful like kind of nobodies that you didn't know who they were before? Or are they like big name golf people who? Again, I'm I'm a different kind of cat because I'm a good judge uh, as to if I if I can tell if I if you know what you're talking about. Yeah. So if if I can, t- some people have name recommend uh, recognition. So for example, the big instructors like you know like Butch Harmon or uh, uh, David David Ledbetter. You know these yeah. guys have tremendous name recognition. I have like a whole series on like Pete Cowan, uh, who's over in the UK, who who they, they when they go over like certain things they're kind of you know it's kind of off the beaten path instruction it's not like the 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 run of the mill like type of stuff yeah that that most instructors will teach you mm-hmm. so like i said for me it's been an incredible help yeah eric uh so yeah i've used um so the the first time i smoked ribs uh i did you know i I used YouTube. I didn't. It wasn't like I, I took exactly what was being done and mimicked it uh, to a T, uh, because I have a, as a smoker, I have a big green egg. So I took I took some of the some of the tips from uh, YouTube tutorials, some from the you know the egg cookbook, and then some from people I spoke to, and I sort of combined them all into to doing. But but definitely uh, used it for for smoking, uh, and then also. More recently, uh, guitar, right? So not guitar lessons per se, but like learning a song. So I'm a terrible guitar player. I'm the I'm the opposite when it comes to guitars. I'm the opposite of what Ivan is to golf, right? I'm a terrible guitar player, but I have a good time with it. And uh, but anyway, to learn to learn songs, I, I have used YouTube quite a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. Well, we got to do the unplugged version of this show. Oh yeah, and he's got to play something for us. There you oh. go. Oh, a whale. um free bird how about you nicholas yeah so i've done uh some minor home improvement stuff using youtube for help especially like electrical things things that i had never done before and even though they seem pretty straightforward i was like let me let me consult see if there's an electrician on youtube or something because even doing something simple if there's a misstep god knows uh some of those things fixing them after you screw them up can turn out to be pretty expensive. So electrified Nick. Exactly. So so that uh, uh, some car stuff, you know, especially like things that are are pretty simple, but every car has got like that stupid little you know release in a different spot for uh, getting a filter out or whatever. So uh, ends up being a little easier just looking up on YouTube than like uh, flipping through a manual for God knows how long before you finally find. Yeah, and, and right you know usually you can find it like by the year of your car. I mean it's it's very easy. Exactly. To do, so. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of car and, and, and home improvement stuff and also some cooking things, um, which brings us to the next question. Uh, what is something that you have not done but intend to do and you will use a YouTube uh, tutorial for? Uh, I'll start since my segue was food related. Probably Chicago style pizza in a cast iron pan. Nice. So that's that's going to be my next move. I did it. I, yeah. I, I watched the video and, I, and then I tried it at home and it came out spectacular. Yeah, yeah. So I recommend making your own sauce for that. Right. Oh. So so you, so you made your sauce from scratch. From scratch, yeah. Nice. I think you got to make it a little bit thicker when you're going deep dish. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because if it's watery, right, it gets all like super yeah, soggy. Yeah, doesn't work, and the sauce goes on top. Look so. at you, Marzano tomatoes. Oh, that, was, that was amazing. You know I use the Marzanos for Hell sure. Hell yeah, Marzano Campo. <laughs> uh, Eric, you got any upcoming projects? Uh, man, you know, so this this house. Uh, we have a bunch of people over a lot of times. Uh, just a couple of days ago, we had a bunch. And everyone parks on my grass, which is fine because there's just a lot of cars. There's nothing you can do. But wherever the cars park, invariably, uh, weeds grow. Uh, gets the, the grass just gets in bad shape. And even with all this rain, uh, the, the grass is not looking good. So Same I found here, bro. Dude. Preach, brother. Yeah, yeah. So I found a dude on YouTube, uh, but you got to give me a second to find him. But so yeah, so I found I found this guy, uh, Alan Hain. He he goes by Lawn Care Nut, and so I've been looking at his videos on what to do uh, for grass and whatnot for the lawn. So I'm gonna be doing that. 
Uh, maybe been, doing that this weekend. So I'm not gonna lie, I've been searching for the same stuff on yeah. YouTube. I've been watching a couple couple dudes do lawn care and what uh, what chemicals they're putting in it to kill weeds and what uh, post herbicides and stuff like that you gotta put. So check this guy out though, lawn care nut, really freaking good. Uh, I th- I, yeah, I I've watched his stuff. Yeah, he's uh he's a badass. Well, I mean, he's got like 180,000 subscribers, so yeah. Yeah. But I don't think he's a badass, but I think he's confident enough where he knows what he's talking about. Well, but he's worked in that business for oh, years. Okay. And then now he's applying that stuff to his own lawn, so okay. It's all attitude, man. Yeah. Oh, he's he sells it. Na- that's the name of the game in lawn care is attitude. <laughs> it's like salsa <laughs> dancing. You don't have to know what what you're exactly doing, but just look yeah. confident doing it. Right. Um, all right. So, Ivan is the king of that, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the attitude and the salsa dancing. That might be comical. my. That might be my next video. Your tutorial yes. salsa face. <laughs> so here's my next video that I'm going to watch on that same path that you're going on. Since I've been cutting a lot of grass lately, this is not a tutorial on how you do something. It's a tutorial on how. It's a it's a video on how stuff works. I might sound stupid saying this, but I've never been afraid to. Just <laughs> do this, but how does a uh, how does the the cable release on a weed whacker work? Like how exactly? I know when you press down on the button that's on the bottom mm-hmm. of it, it releases. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, but we had this string. conversation a couple of days ago. And we yours did. Is, yours is a uh, is different than it doesn't have the yeah. thing where you like hit it on the bottom and it releases it. Yet I constantly have to be putting respooling. The the weed whacker show. I have no idea. So that's my next video. Like, how the hell does this work? I think uh, your video is going to end up with uh, buying a new weed whacker. <laughs> Probably. How to buy a weed whacker. Yeah, how to buy a new weed whacker. <laughs> uh, all right. And then we'll come back around this way. Ivan, if you were making a tutorial of your own for consumption by others, what would it be? Uh, consumption by others. Uh as I'm smoking on the cigar, I'm blowing smoke rings. Can I do a, a video on that? You can. That is a very visual Would thing. Would you be so able to right explain medium. this? Ooh, look okay, at as he does it Ooh, into, right the it. Oh, <laughs> into the put mic. Put a ring right around the mic. <laughs> nice. Right on the mic. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know other, if other, able to other than it. Yeah, other than like showing you how to put the perfect like blowfish face. Yeah. And then a very skinny tongue. So they, in the middle of the channel. Do you go like this or you like your tongue skinny? <laughs> it's going to be a good video. Yeah. All right. So keep an eye out on CigarSnobBag.com yes. for Ivan's smoke ring tutorial. Uh, mine would be much more boring. Uh, probably something camping related. We do a lot of camping with the family. We go camping uh, in the Keys during the summer. We go camping up north where it's cold. So probably something camping related about, uh, you know, doing that sort of range, right? Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's where you run into trouble. When you have a, a camper that you're used to camping in the in the warm weather down here, and then you go up north and you get into, you know, sub-zero temperatures, uh, making sure your camper uh, can handle that stuff. It would probably be something about that. All right. Yeah, sorry. It's not terribly exciting. No, no, hey, that, but that's useful. I think some of the most useful things are the ones that are not super exciting. Yeah, but they for, end up- for anyone who has a, an RV... Yeah. Uh, man, it, it's like, it, it really is like a mini home. Like all the things that go wrong in your home, uh, whether it's plumbing, electricity, construction, it happens in a very reduced space. And it, and, and I don't know why, maybe it's because of how they're built, but it happens over and over. Like I have water issues all the time and I have to change shit out. And so, yeah, it's. In, a, in an RV, things go wrong very quickly and very often. And a lot of people are getting into RVing. It's like uh, I hear a lot of people talk about like new people like buying campers and stuff yeah. like that. So I would imagine these videos should be very helpful for these type of folks. I don't know if I'll ever do it, but yeah. But thanks for the encouragement. Sure. <laughs> Nick? Uh, I'd probably go the food route uh, just because that's... Really Just I, because that's your highest, uh, <laughs> most seen what, video on your so, channel. Yeah, so so my my personal YouTube channel just has a lot of you know personal. But there was a, a period of time personal where, goofiness, personal is what it goofiness. Has. Uh, uh, but my most watched video is uh, it's got close to eight thousand views and it is titled uh, "Making an Egg White Omelet." 
That was creative. Yeah, it was creative it's, title. Uh, it's just it's just me making an egg white omelet. Uh, there's not much instruction in there, but no, there isn't. I've yeah. seen it or there's, play by play or play, but there's nothing. It's just uh, it's, it's just, just some watch music. me do it. Yeah, uh, do as I do. And uh, I, I I think if but if I were making a, a full fledged tutorial, uh, and it's really not something that needs the the visual, but it would probably be steak related. I'm I'm pretty proud of my my Cuban coffee steak rub. Oh, look at this! Uh, now. That's something that, go that also route. has not been shared with us. That's true. I'll bring the grill one of these days, and we'll do uh, we'll do a little steak rub, uh, steak eating. I'm ready. I haven't eaten in a while because uh, Elsie has scaled back her her coffee consumption. Oh, really? Uh, now, just to give us a little, because I you've talked about this a long time ago. Yeah. But what what is this? Cuban coffee rub. Does it involve actual coffee or coffee grounds? Or? Just the coffee grounds, right? Used so, or new? New. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> new. New coffee grounds. Do not. This is this is point one in the tutorial. You want to make sure these are new coffee grounds. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. You go with a particular company. You're a Bustelo, Pilon, Butelo, Butelo. La Llave, Butelo, all the Butelo way. Gourmet, or regular straight up Butelo. Regular straight up Butelo. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Steak with a kick. I would make mine with gourmet. Yeah, There's well, no doubt. Yeah, to each his own. To each his own. <laughs> I, uh, I just love that one. So, Can you go uh, to sleep after you eat this? You'll be up for like three days. Yeah, I, I don't know what effect uh, the caffeine in grilled coffee. Uh, what the situation is there? But that's mm. a good. I, I'm not sure. Test lab. Test lab. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's primarily uh, uh, Botello coffee grounds, brown sugar. And then a bunch of other spices, prim- like uh, salt, pepper, and then like some hotter stuff like cayenne and, and that sort of thing. So I'm down, dude. Bring that shit in. Let's do it. Uh, so that's what we'd be doing on YouTube. Keep an eye out, or don't, for our tutorials. Next up, back to our featured cigar. So we're I think we're all about halfway into this. Yep. Right? Um, how do you guys feel about it so far? I, I, I think it's for me. It's gotten uh, a little more balanced. It's it's not as heavy on the chocolate. Yeah, and the strength has uh, kicked up a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean uh, it's uh, never going to get back to what it used to be, of sure. course. Yeah, but but no, it's definitely kicked up. And and you're right. The uh, the the heavy chocolate has has kind of come back down, and it's it's more in line with the pepper and earth. I'm surprised how much comple- complexity it still has, you know. I'm getting yeah. a lot of wood, too, here. Yeah, yeah. wood, leather, uh, espresso, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super nice. We'll rub it on a steak. Rub <laughs> it on a steak. That's uh, that, that's tutorial number two, is the 601 La Bomba Warhead to New York Strip. I've only got three of these left, so <laughs> if you're going to do it, let's do chop it, right. it up. Let's chop it up. Uh, cool. So, uh, so that is our update on this La Bomba. Uh, if you if you do come across it again, uh, as we mentioned, what was the last thing that was that was pretty well aged that we pulled that we were super happy with? Was it the Master Collection? It was collection? the Room One Hundred One Master Collection one. Yeah, so this is another one that has aged exceptionally well. Uh, if you come across them, don't uh, don't pass them by. Um, all right, so NHL update. The update. Uh, some, there you go. go. Uh, not much to our update. Uh, the NHL Stanley Cup Final is tied at one game apiece. That's Capitals versus Golden Knights. Uh, but before we started recording, we we watched some video from the uh, the super over the top only in Vegas show that's put on. Uh, what's what's the name of their arena? I don't know what their arena is called, but in whatever the Vegas Knights play in, it's like an eBay arena or something like that. Is that what it is? The eBay arena. AT&T Arena, the Verizon Arena. Cut in name here. T-Mobile Arena. So the T-Mobile Arena was home to a, a pretty over-the-top uh, pregame show. It was, I think your description, Eric, was good. It's it's like uh, uh, medieval times on ice. It, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So there's a lot of light-up projection onto the ice, and there's cannon, uh, not cannon. Sword but, um, fighting on skates. And flying knights. <laughs> yes, flying knights. Or was that the capital? Is that why he was I think he was. Cape? I think he was. I think he was flying. Which I thought was kind of odd, because, like, why is the capital guy flying? You'd want your guy to be the cool one on, on wires or whatever, but but hey. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know whoever conceptualized this show. Uh, I thought it was awesome. It was awesome. Awesome. It was a bit long, though, no? Who cares? You're there. You paid top dollar for this. It felt like you were at yeah, a we Las Vegas last time about show, how much they were, yeah. or with Michael Buffler. Uh, Buffler. Buffler. 
A buffler. Put a buffler on. Let's it. get Nothing. ready to rumbler. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Michael Buffer with the "Let's Get Ready to Rumble" was a uh, super Vegas touch. Made it amazing. I'm just so excited for the Raiders to move there. I can't yeah, wait no, for that, one of those opening. Like, he had this like childish grin on his face the yeah. whole time he's watching the video, like excited about what the hell's gonna happen oh, when the wait, Raiders yeah. go. With Derek Carr dressing up like a knight and flying down from the roof of the the stadium, <laughs> like a Raider. I can't wait. He's the like a pirate, like a pirate. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, you got to figure if that's how big the NHL is doing it in Vegas. Imagine the NFL. That's going to be a huge production. Uh, oh yeah. Wet pants so here. What? <laughs> <laughs> I would just wet his Raider pants. Paper towel, please. <laughs> uh, so when is it that they start next year, next season? I don't know. Either next year. <laughs> I'm very There's excited. a lot of excitement here for. It's either next year or 2020. Okay, so not this coming season. Yeah, so so make sure that uh, you know we've talked a lot about YouTube. Chances are that uh, you know hopefully you'll you'll get on YouTube and look up some of the stuff we've talked about. While you're there, look for the uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, pregame show uh, at the Stanley Cup Final. Pretty pretty intense, pretty impressive, pretty and, Vegas, and pretty Vegas. It looks like a Vegas show, which is eh, that's what it is. Uh, all right, before we move on to our parting recommendations, a word from this episode's sponsor, Villiger Cigars. Villiger Cigars is celebrating 130 years in tobacco and unveiling its first ever full-bodied premium handmade cigar in the Villiger La Vencedora. It's a follow-up to the highly acclaimed Villiger La Flor de Inclán and Villiger Sandoro Colorado. The Nicaraguan Puro is wrapped in a beautiful Nicaraguan Habano Oscuro wrapper and boasts a potent full-bodied smoking experience featuring highly seasoned, hearty flavors. The Villager La Vencedora is a palate-pleasing, full-bodied, yet elegant cigar that will satisfy the cigar connoisseur as well as the casual smoker. Make sure that you visit Villager online at villagercigars.com. Check them out on Facebook, facebook.com slash villager.northamerica. Twitter at Villager Cigars, that's cigars with an S at the end, and Instagram at Villager Cigar, just Villager Cigar, no S at the end, on Instagram. All right, as always, we're rounding out this episode with our parting recommendations. This is where we're telling you things that you should uh, eat, smoke, drink, do, watch. Ivan, what do you got? So we talked cheap wines uh, in our last episode. Uh, Sorry, supermarket wines, uh, affordable supermarket wines. So I'm going in the other direction and still not expensive, but a a little bit more pricier than whatever we were talking about. I'm going with the Cross Barn by Paul Hobbs Cabernet. So I had a 2013 bottle, which was about 37 bucks. Uh, it was badass wine. Yeah. So Paul Hobbs. Uh, Is he the one from the uh, <laughs> what was Lord the of the Rings? No, no. <laughs> that would be a Hobbit. No, I'm talking about uh, the baseball movie. The Robert Redford baseball movie. Isn't he Hobbs in the movie? Field of Dreams? No, Robert Redford. 42? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give me every baseball League of, League of their own? <laughs> <laughs> Sandlot. I think it's the Sandlot. I can't believe it. I'm not remembering it. The Natural. Ennadu. Hate your boy. The na- anyway, that was his name was Hobbs. All right. Maybe. <laughs> I'll take your word for <laughs> I'll it. I'll take Eric. your word for it. So Roy, anyway, Roy Hobbs. So... If you guys aren't familiar with Paul Hobbs, no. so this is a quote from from Forbes. They refer to him as the C- Steve Jobs of winemaking. So the guy knows his stuff. He started off with Mondavi, uh, was one of the first uh, vinters on the Opus, uh, I guess, launch. Yeah, when mm-hmm. they started, and then he went to see me. Then he opened up his own winery, and he's made a bunch of la- uh, different lines, but this cross barn is very good. It's a ninety percent, ninety-two percent cab uh, blend, so it's it's a full body, a uh, lot of fruit, a lot of complexity. Go out and get it. Do we know where somebody can get it? Is there like a, somewhere online? Where'd you get it? Yeah, where'd you get it? How'd you I got this, this. I got this great little wine shop by my house, which I, which is actually a a gas station. But it's not your typical gas station. This place is badass. It's called El Carajo. Shout out to El Carajo, uh, who has its own little restaurant and place is badass. And they used to be one of our advertisers. Yeah, early, early on. Uh, They've really 
they've really grown their their business. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, we must have uh, helped. But you can you can pick it up at Total Wine also. Uh, shout out to Pablo Estales at Total Wine. We got to bring you in for uh, one of our podcasts. To talk we really should. I think talk it's juice. Long overdue. Uh, so yeah, yeah, check it out. So, uh, oh, Eric, I'll let you go last because I think yours is the best one here for Whoa. rounding out the show. My recommendation uh, back to YouTube is a channel called Nuance Bro. So. Nuance Bro. Two words I did not expect to see together. Yeah. So uh, Nuance Bro is a guy out in California who um, the the channel is is heavy on the political themes, but the best thing about him is uh, he does a lot of going to like big protests, and I think is the most even-handed of all the people who does those like man on the street. You know what are you doing here? What do you think? Of, and he. He gives you like a pretty good cross section of like there's some. It's a reminder that like nobody has a monopoly on stupid. There's stupid people on all sides of all these protests, uh, and also ends up talking to some people who are pretty knowledgeable who he clearly maybe disagrees with or whatever. But uh, if you're into that stuff, and and especially if you see coverage of you know these big protest movements, that uh, it seems like now there's a new thing people are protesting in mass every week. Uh, check out his YouTube channel. He does a uh, you know he does a pretty good job. He's doing uh, doing yeoman's work. Uh, covering these in in a way that you also, uh, you know, I I think this is another thing that YouTube and and just the internet broadly is great for. You see a lot of these, like, relative nobodies or, like, you know, beginning journalists doing things at a level and with a transparency and value that nobody in, you know, legacy media is is doing. So uh, there's a lot of garbage in those man-on-the-street things where it's clearly selectively edited to portray this side one way and the other side a different way but this guy's doing a pretty good job of giving you a clear picture of of who's going to these protests um with that eric recommendation of the of the episode my recommendation is to go out and get yourself a trumpy bear (laughs) yes that is a that is a thing uh so i was i was watching the the history channel very late uh a couple days ago and I saw this ad for the Trumpy Bear. Can we put the audio for this? We can, yeah, I already down, I, I've already downloaded the audio, and we'll put it right here. The wind whispered through the forest. A storm is coming. You cannot defeat the storm. From the trees rose a resounding voice. I fear nothing. I come when the trumpet sounds. I am the storm, the great American grizzly. Introducing the original Trumpy Bear. The fearless, super plush American Grizzly. Trumpy Bear was born June 14th, Flag Day. Just find the secret zipper and pull out the flag blanket. Then wrap yourself in the red, white, and blue for comfort and warmth. Show your patriotism and proudly display Trumpy on Flag Day and on any American holiday. Trumpy can even honor your own family heroes. God bless America and God bless Trumpy Bear. Trumpy Bear sits proudly at the front of the motorcycle for all the world to see and loves to cruise with his brother. I'm a former Marine, and I'm proud to have Trumpy Bear ride by my side. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Everyone knows Trumpy Bear loves to go to the golf course. When I ride with Trumpy Bear, he makes my golf game great again. Thank you, Trumpy Bear. Simply style his trademark hair and place him in his favorite chair. Even the toughest guys will love Trumpy Bear. When America is great, Business is great. When business is great, I am great. I love you, Trumpy Bear. I am an Army veteran. I am proud to own the Trumpy Bear, and I will always be proud to be an American. Order the Super Plus Trumpy Bear for only two pounds. If you don't, if you don't love this thing, I mean, you don't have to be a Trump supporter. You don't have to be a Trump lover. My God, that thing is classic, right? It's this, uh, this teddy bear with a Trump hairdo, and a, uh, and a an American flag like in his back like you pull it out it's just awesome yeah awesome I, I need to order one absolutely for the office and I love the testimonials those testimonials that they used oh awesome great I'm a marine once a marine always a marine and I love the trumpy bear <laughs> <laughs> the trumpy bear helps my golf game <laughs> shut up dude too good yeah who said like Omio whoever no, no, did awesome. whoever did that whoever came up with that was a genius yeah um, alright so with that I think we're done we're done. Trumpy yeah. Bear uh, leads us out. 
All right. Thanks to the Trumpy Bear people. Thanks to Eric, Ivan, and our sponsors. We don't ever thank people at the end, but, but whatever. Okay. See you later. <laughs> see ya. Bye. <laughs>